0: G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 163 of the Outback Mine podcast. Thank you very very much for joining in once again episode 163. Now today I have well-known sports uh reporter and sports editor Jim Wilson on with me. Jim, um, a lot of us would know that follow sport, um, pretty much uh, entrenched uh, in Channel 7 with the football and, and other um, high-level uh, sporting pursuits over the years. Uh, now he's a, a radio announcer with 2GB and uh, loving it. So, i um, we're going to talk a bit about uh you know uh, i suppose sport in general primarily and the importance of sport uh and our health and health and our mental health but also some of the the challenges that jim's uh, observed throughout his career um uh, himself but also uh, throughout um other sports people with regards to mental uh, health challenges and so forth too so um you now jim lost his sister um not long back rebecca wilson who was also a um, a well-known sports reporter so it will be interesting to sort of see um you know how um how two siblings uh you know have the same similar passion and uh basically be become uh you know well known in this uh in this space so um really interesting chat there um to be had with jim so uh really appreciate you joining in and supporting the podcast too so um also like you to check out the website the outback mine website um for some of you that may not know we're just setting up as a a charity a foundation so uh, things are going to hopefully change significantly over the next month or two when we really need uh, support to be able to do more work in regional australia to help men Um, so we're going to be able to take donations and i want to try and get businesses on board um, that can support the foundation and um, for us to be able to deliver services back so if you know an organisation that might be keen to uh, to help out and get on board for this uh, important stuff, um, I'd love a chat, so um, best to uh, to email me, support at outbackmind.com.au. You'll be really grateful. Um, it's uh, a big, big gap, um, mental wellbeing, and we're, we're not doing it well um, in the current uh, climate that we're in, and we need to be able to do more. So this is why I'm, I'm passionate about setting up this foundation and... Uh, yeah, I want to try and make sure that we uh, can make some changes significantly moving forward. So, would would appreciate any uh, any support out there um, as well. So uh, grateful to have a chat about that. All right. Hope you enjoy my conversation with Jim here. And uh, yeah, please share this one with others. Jim, how are you going? Yeah, good, Aaron. That's why, right. mate. Um, as as I just said to you, um, your voice is bringing back so many memories of. Um, like the sport that I was watching when I was a kid, and and uh, you know the late night stuff and everything that used to come on, and, and you're you're a very well well known and well recognised uh, gentleman, uh, you know throughout Australia and, and sporting communities. So uh, yeah, really pleased to to be having a conversation with you. Well,
1: you're very kind, and you know, I'm I'm to be having a chat with you, mate. I I think with what we're going to chat about in in this you know in our um. This podcast is really, I think, it's really important. Yeah, and uh, and I, I, you're making me feel old though by saying as a young bloke you used to watch me on the uh, <laughs> on the airwaves and whatever else. I'm, yeah, it's I'm, 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 my 35th year of broadcasting, and I I feel very blessed and fortunate to, be, to have been given the opportunities, and I've had a ball. And I still every day I wake up, mate, I, I feel I love it. I love mm. what I do, and I you know I, I'm certainly enjoying uh, my new role at 2GB Drive on radio and hosting the Drive program, and I enjoy. You know, my previous dinner channel seven 28 years of broadcasting there and mm. yeah I, as I said it's I've been very lucky to have covered some of the major events around the world and around our country and I I don't take that for granted and I feel very very privileged to have been given those opportunities yeah um, oh, know, lot of hard work a lot of hard work a lot of preparation and research involved but you know that's like anyone if you want to do well in a job or in a, in a certain vocational career you've got to be do the, do the homework and do your yeah. preparation and uh, and the rewards come, but yeah, I've, I've had a, I've had an absolute ball, and I can't believe it's 35 years that I've been in media and broadcasting. It it feels like yesterday that I started. So yeah, yeah, i very I feel very uh, feel very lucky and blessed to have to have uh, come through the ranks, and and I still get a huge kick out of it.
0: Incredible, mate, and you touched on something really important. Like you know, uh, basically, it's like anything in life. If you do the work, then the results come. You know, so you've obviously. Um, prepared yourself really well and it's just like you know someone that wants to to get fitter or whatever just by actually like showing up all the time and 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 putting the work in then then everything sort of takes care of itself and you know there's no fluke that you've got to where you are because you know you have enjoyed it first and foremost but you've actually uh you know done the hard yards to get where you are which is tremendous
1: well it comes back to persistence and you'll get a lot of knockbacks and a lot of no's but i you know, I've got a, I've got a strong work ethic, thanks to my mum, who basically raised three kids on her own. And mm. you know, she's an she was a teacher and, and was a teacher for forty five years, and she taught us two things, Mum. You know, you know, have a have a work ethic, but above everything, have, be respectful. And mm. I think that was instilled into us as kids, in my two older sisters, Rebecca and and, and Lizzie, and and myself, and it's mm. carried on. So yeah, I think if you're passionate about something, if you're persistent, and if you're respectful, I think you're ninety nine percent of the way there, mate.
0: Yes, absolutely agree, mate. Very very wise words and important words for anyone listening out there and, and, and just a good reminder for myself. But can you tell us a bit about your, your, your journey, mate? Like obviously you 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 uh, you were probably the, the, the man of the house when you're a young fellow. Where were you brought up and, and educated and so forth? Well,
1: I was brought up on the Gold Coast. I was born at the Southport Hospital on the Gold Coast and I mm. I uh, went to Southport State School, and I was uh, we lived in Service Paradise, and my mum still lives in the family home at Surface, And mm. um, you know, I, I had a you know, I, I had a very I was lucky to have a an incredible mother, but but also our extended family on the Gold Coast, her sisters, my aunts, my cousins. Yeah, you know, it was like we all lived like within a stone's throw around that Service Paradise area, and. Uh, mm. You know, I think that's sort of we were we were lucky in that respect to have each other. And I had a wonderful grandfather and grandmother. I had a wonderful great aunt, my great aunt Jess, whose uncle fought in uh, at the in the war. And you know, I think that you know we, we were lucky to have that support network. Mum was doing it on her own, mm. but she had she had support, and uh, and we had support. And you know, my childhood on the Gold Coast, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything. It was just wonderful. I can and imagine. you know, whether it be backyard cricket with my cousins or uh, whatever. I mean, yeah, I was lucky, and, I, and Southport State was great. And then I went to the Southport School in my secondary school years at TSS on the Gold Coast, and it was a great school. I, I loved school. I wasn't that I wasn't that academically minded. i like my English and history, but I I love debating and public speaking, and I love my cricket and I love my sport, and it's sort of all you, you roll all that stuff together with the public speaking, debating, and And the love of sport and doing you know i I did enjoy english and i enjoyed history so Mm. you roll all that together and maybe that's a huge part of where i am today and so i was Mm. yeah i I love my 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 growing up years and um i go back to the gold coast regularly i love the goldie and uh it's got a special place in my heart mate
0: Mm, would have changed a lot over the years too it would have been a great place to grow up i really envy you know we we, we always wanted to go there on holidays and it um, uh, was the place to go for a young fella, that's for sure. So you would have been, um, would have been pretty blessed, I would have thought, being in that environment. And um, yeah, look, you know, uh, it's amazing how life evolves and, um, uh, you know, how things sort of turn out for us. But did you sort of go to uni from, from the Gold Coast elsewhere or where did, where did life go for you after, after you left the, uh, left the Gold Coast area?
1: well i got a connection at queensland newspapers i was writing the death notices and the funeral notices at the of the the mail
0: mm.
1: and i um which is a plum gig um, <laughs> yeah but yeah but then i got a job at channel nine brisbane as a junior sports reporter and that was my i mean that was huge for me i mean i i sort of from a young age wanted to be a sports journalist and mm. you know my dad was a journalist my sister rebecca was a journalist my, my sister Lucy is a journalist and Mum's a teacher, but we were we grew up watching sport at nauseum, hours upon hours on a weekend, and I always wanted to be a sports journalist. So mm. you know, I think once I, I did part-time uni, but I never finished my uni degree.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I, I started uni with my cadency for Queensland newspapers, I went to Channel Nine Brisbane as a junior reporter, and then I went to Channel Nine Sydney. Uh, where I replaced Mike Gibson when he went to Good Morning Australia and I, mm. I went in to work with Kenny Sutcliffe and a few, few, of, the, uh, few of the guys and, and some wonderful people, men and women, in that newsroom at Channel 9 Sydney. Mm. And then I went to Channel 9 Melbourne because I, I wanted to do, do a bit, bit of presenting and a presenting role came up and I thought, well, you know, there wasn't a, an opportunity in Sydney so I moved to Melbourne and I spent 16 years with Melbourne and, I, and I, I, to this day I'm still a... An ambassador for the Carlton Football Club. I, I love Melbourne. I was sort of like an adopted Melbourneian mm, after yes. spending so much time there. But, um, you know, I've been lucky. I, I mean, I, I love living in Brisbane. I love living on the Gold Coast. I love living in Sydney. I, I love living in Melbourne. I'm back in Sydney now. I've got a farm up in the Lower Hummer Valley. And mm. I've, I've, I'm really lucky with my lot. You know, between the farm and, and a bit of a a, a pad in the city, in Sydney, i I'm pretty fortunate, and uh, it's a, it's a good life, you know. It's it's a good life, but I again, you know, as I said here at the, the start of our chat, it's a there's been a lot of hard work, and it's not all it's not all glorious as what it might appear on the on the TV or on the radio. There's a yeah. there's a lot of stuff that goes into the preparation and and getting it and getting it right, and, and fact checking and making sure your facts are correct, but. Yes. Yeah, yeah. My upbringing was, and um, my years in Brisbane when I went to part-time union, went went to Queensland newspapers, Channel Nine, Brisbane. But I've got fond memories of those years, and wasn't earning really a lot of money, but I was happy, and mm. uh, I knew that I was on the right career path.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's uh, it's it's really really pleasing to hear, and seems like you you've loved every minute of it too. But. Um, you know, you would have observed some challenges uh, and I think life's really changed since then and, and you, you touched on on something really important, being facts, you know, getting your facts right. I, I don't think um, a lot of journalism um, these days is, is that accurate and, um, you know, a lot of people get misled from what they hear but it sounds like you were really uh, trained the right way where you wanted to make sure you got it right rather than just getting a story out
1: there. Well, it's less than 101. You know, there's got to be a right of reply. You've got to get both sides of the story. And you've got to fact check. I mean, I think what's happened these days, and you know, I, mean, social media is a huge part of our lives, and I get that. I mean, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. People are on Facebook. It's a, it's a valuable source of information, but mm. don't trust everything you read on social media. <laughs> you know, I think that, well it's, well, it's very urgent and it's immediate. It's not always right. So fact check is really important. I say to you know, I say to my junior members of my team and, you know, I say this to any, anyone coming through the system, you know, nothing's changed since I came through the system. I mean, it's, 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 I mean yes, technology's changed but, mm-hmm. and the way we get our information has changed, but the basics of journalism haven't changed. Mm-hmm. You know, you want two sides of the story. You need know, to check your facts. You need know, cross your T's, dot the I's. And, and, and get on the phone, mm-hmm. not just an email or a text or a, a direct message on social media. Get on the phone and talk to talent. Yes. Talk to the talent, get the real story. And whether it be going for a coffee for, with, with a contact or, or, or someone who's, who's trying to trick, trick folks on from a story, nothing beats face to face contact and nothing beats getting on the phone and actually getting on the blower and saying, hey, I'm doing this story. Are these facts correct? I'm mm-hmm. giving you an opportunity for a write a reply. Yes. It's just, to me, it's basic journalism. But unfortunately, a lot. what's happening a lot these days is that a lot of young ones coming through, and I'm not going to sit here like the grandfather of journalism, say, oh, in my day, this happened, or I'm not not that type of bloke. I'm about nurturing and mentoring young talent, but I feel a lot of young talent coming through the system. Rely on a press release, mm. or they're fed line from a, a press secretary from a minister in government, or the opposition, and they take that as ad the being fact and truthful. Mm. You know, you've got to you've got to give both sides of the story, and I'm 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 always committed to that each and every day. I'm committed to that on the program on Two GB Drive. Mm. I've been committed to that when I was at Channel Seven, Channel Nine. It's just a given, and I think that you know it, you want to the listener and the viewer. That you actually you're fair to and you give both sides of the story. You hold you hold people to account, you, but you give them a fair go and you give them a fair say, and you always always give both sides of the story. I, I just think that should that just should be absolutely number one lesson for anyone coming through the system, whether it be 21 years of age or in my case 54 years of age.
0: Mm, the importance of honesty, mate. It's uh, it's probably not as recognised and as valued uh, these days, and and you know you're very like, you know, full credit to your mother for a start, you know, because that's where it sort of was all born from. But just getting back to the truth of um, uh, of, of, of your words and uh, being able to actually give the right information is so valuable and important. You know, we, we sort of get messed up with uh, with belief systems and so forth. But really, you know, that, that honesty of, of who you really are as an individual and how you project yourself in the world is um, is really important, I think.
1: Well, you gotta be true to yourself. I reckon oh. the viewer and the listener can see through bullshit. I, mm. I, this, you know, I, I and excuse the French, but I, I just, but I, I just think the the viewer and the and the listener and the reader, they're they're, they're, they're smart. You mm. know, a lot of the people you know tuning to my program on, on 2GB in Sydney, they're they're educated, they're smart, and they're streetwise, mm. and they can see through the crap. Yes. And so, you know, you've got to be true to yourself. You got to be authentic. And you can't be so, something that you're not. And I've I, I've always sort of been, you know, I've sort of grown up like that. And I think my personal experiences over the last, you know, 10 or so years, I've had some, you know, really tough, really awful stuff happen in my personal life. Mm. I mean, I lost my, I lost a son who was only six years old with a brain tumour. Mm. I lost my beautiful sister, Rebecca, who was only 54 years of age with with breast cancer. Yes. Um, I lost my father at a reasonably young age. He was only 64, Bruce. And mm. So, you know... In the last 11 years, I've lost my six-year-old son, Sammy, you know, who fought an incredible fight, but he was only six. You you never want to outlive your children. Mm. And so that was, you know, I used to host events and charity fundraisers when Sam and Joey were healthy young children. And I used to get up and say, I'm so fortunate to have two healthy young children. And then, lo and behold, Sam's diagnosed with a brain tumour and my life changed. And Mm. I think those experiences... As well as they're awful, they're, they're, they're you know they're, they're very difficult, and to this day, I, you know, it comes over me in waves, especially mm. especially the anniversary of his death in April mm. and his birthday in November, and the same with Beck, mm. you know, when she died, um, it's you know it's, it's 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 hard, but you sort of go, you know, what I know that both Sam and Beck, their legacy mm. would be to say right, I, eh? you know, and I remember my son Sam, son to me, in his last days, he was gravely ill, and he turned around to me and said, Dad you know, take a teaspoon of cement and harden up. And he, and this is a six-year-old, mate. Jeez. You know, like, yeah. he was way beyond his years and he was gravely yeah. sick and he passed away a short time after that. And I, I'll never forget those words, but I, I cry, you mm. know, I have my moments and I, I have those moments in private and I sometimes get emotional on here when I'm talking about my son or about my sister. Mm. But I, I sort of go, you know what, they'd want us to crack on, they'd want us to crack on and in Sam's case and in Beck's case, we're both we lost with cancer... You know, they'd want us to continue to fight, you know, to, to continue to fund fund research, mm. to continue to try and find a, find a cure or at least improve the survival rates for brain cancer because the survival rates for brain cancer, mate, are terrible. Yeah. They're, they're, they're shocking. And so like pancreatic cancer, there's no good cancer, but pancreatic and brain cancer are real shockers. Mm. And so, you know, Sam's legacy... And that's why I'm so actively involved with with highlighting research and medical research because we've got some of the best scientific minds in the world in this country Mm. and the funding they get from government is still substandard. Mm. They survive on the smell of an oily rag. They're brilliant scientific minds. They should be getting paid a whole lot more. Mm. Their mums and dads trying to put food on the table for their families, but a lot of them are just walking away from the industry Mm. because they they can't pay the bills. And that's shocking. I find that just completely reprehensible for a country like Australia. Yeah. And so, Sam and Beck's words, and they are both very spirited, Sam and Beck. Their words were in my ear every day that if their legacy is to, you know, fund research, to raise awareness about research, to raise awareness about cancer, and try to prolong people's lives and improve survival rates and try to crack the code, so to speak. Mm. Well, I'm committed to the cause, and that's their legacy.
0: Jim, um, I need to share something with you. Um, I I had brain cancer myself, and um, I was not much younger than Sam. And uh, I'm I'm very lucky to be here. And my son's name Sam too, uh, by the oh, way. So wow. it's sort of bringing back a few things for me. But um, wow. my son Sam wow. nearly, nearly died when he was a young fella too, and. Um, mate, I, I, I need to remind myself how, actually how lucky I am because in 1974, you know, Dr. Yoa was in the Alfred Hospital in Melbourne performed this emergency surgery on me to take something out of my head which was the size of an egg, you know, um, back then. And, uh, you know, I, I, I survived and um, I copped a lot of shit when I was a young fella because my coordination wasn't good and this, that and the other and you know I was lucky to live a reasonably normal life I suppose um you know so firstly mate I'm I'm so grateful that you you shared that with us and now I can imagine how challenging it is for you but I, I, I never gave my parents credit of, for what they actually went through you know with me and, and that was obviously touch and go you know.
1: Well, I like I like good survival stories, mate. Especially when it comes to cancer, and I wasn't aware of that background with you, and I mm. I didn't know your son was Sam. That just blows me away. We <laughs> like, yeah. talk about yeah. six degrees of separation, but it, yeah. yeah, I I think that you know it is tough to talk about, but you know what? I don't know. I, I just I look at cases like you, and even just right, like we're having this conversation, mate, and I and I the amount of people that I raise. You know, cancer, like cancer, and how it impacted our family with Sam and Beck and whatever else. My dad, Bruce, who also died of cancer. Mm. The amount of people that you bring it up with who have got their own story like you, mm. and and it's this is like brain cancer with kids. I mean, I didn't realise this until Sam was diagnosed that brain cancer is the biggest killer of children under the age of ten. Mm. Now, I, I never knew that, and I and I, I I was blown away by that, and especially when you walk into places like the Peter McCallum. Uh, cancer Institute in Melbourne, um, into an oncology ward at the Alfred that you mentioned in Melbourne or mm. at St Vincent's in Sydney or wherever, Westmead, Westmead um, Hospital, Children's and the main hospital at Westmead in the western suburbs of Sydney. I mean, you walk into those wards and you think, wow, well, I mean, only dolly, you're not alone here, you're not Robinson Crusoe, you've got other parents who've got kids who have got kids with with, with, with brain cancer or with... With, with, with some sort of cancer, but brain cancer. I, I just couldn't believe how common it was. And, and how many people, when you raise it with people, how many stories they've got of their own. And I, I think it's good to talk about it. I, I, I find it good therapy. I, I think that it's important to actually talk about it with someone. And I, I've i been able to lean on a number of people over my life, especially in the last 11 years. I know who my mates have been, who have been there with me in the trench, so to speak, mm. who have been there for me when I needed to have a bit of a cry. And I'm talking about mates of mine. I'm talking about blokes and, and women. Mm. But I, 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 I must say, it helped me through a really difficult time, and I, it doesn't get any easier. Mm. But again, I know that Sam and Beck, you know, and, and hearing stories like you, mm. you know, that, that without sounding too twee or cliche, it inspires me, and I sort of go, you know, if we don't go and fund research, mate, we'll never crack the code. Yes, and so you know, you're living proof that you've come through it, and. You know, I I love hearing stories like that of people who survive brain cancer because there's not a lot in your boat, mate. Mm. You know, like the survival rates aren't great. Mm. And so, you know, I think that I take my hat off to you and I'm I'm wrapped to know your son's name is Sam (laughs) and uh, my Sam's memory. Yeah. And uh, he's with me every single day of my life, mate.
0: I oh, appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, I'll be talking to Sam about this too. And, and, and um, mm. you know, um, you know, certainly hoping that he listens in and, and appreciates, um, you know, the conversation that we're having here, Jim. And, you know, geez, you talk about cancer. There's an invisible cancer, which is cancerous, which is the mental health problems that are going on, um, you know, that have gone on for a long time. And, um, uh, you know, not talking about stuff, and and that that is cancerous in itself. You know, for, to have something sort of inside your body that's not able to be released. Um, you know, primarily between the ears, and and that's what's causing a lot of guys um issues out there, and that's why we're sort of having you know seventy five thousand people in Australia try and take their own life every year, and um, uh, you know, eighty percent of them are males, and um, you know, you talk about the uh the um the, the money that needs to go into uh into you know research into this sort of stuff you know my vision is i, I want to set up this uh, back mine as a foundation to be able to have, do more work for men's health in regional australia because um there's no money committed uh, by the federal government or, or anyone to uh to 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 help people with these problems you know i just think if you can put interventions in place it can make a huge difference and you know, I want to be able to do what I can in this lifetime. I think that's my my purpose. I guess to be able to help others, um, give back, and uh, you know, um, that's that's something I think that you're probably aligned with as well. I would have thought too.
1: Yeah, well, it's a great purpose, Aaron, and I and I applaud you for it because I think you're right. I've got mates of mine. I mean, I, I, a lot of my I mean, I grew up on the Gold Coast, but I, I spent a lot of time in Country Queensland in places mm. like Longreach, uh, Barcaldine, mm. Roma, and yeah. I've got mates. And, and, and I know of blokes that, that live, live in those communities, both them and their fathers or their grandfathers, and then women as well, not just... But you're right, the statistics around men uh, are just... It, it's alarming. Mm. And I think, you know, I've talked about the, the need for me to be able to converse and chat about losing my son mm. and my sister. We all need to be able to have a, an outlet. We all need to be able to... You know, we bottle stuff up, blokes. It, it's the old... It's it's, a, it's an age old thing that we bowl stuff up and we go, oh, no, no, it's not manly to talk about that. It's not manly to cry. Mm. I say to my son, Joey, who was nine when Sam died, mm. I said to Joey, and I said it when Sam died, and I say to him today, and he's almost 21. I love my, my I'm so proud of Joey, he, the, his resilience in losing his baby brother, but the way he's. Just carried himself since it's just it's been incredible how he's how he's carried himself but i say to him every day don't bottle it up if you need to cry cry Mm -hmm. if you need to chat chat Mm -hmm. and it might not you know it might not always be rosy but you, you know you need to chat to someone you need to lean to someone lean on someone and You know, the government does need to do more on this stuff, on this Mm. front. And I think that organisations like Lifeline, and I'm very good friends with the chair, John Brogdon, very, I've got a huge amount of respect for Julia Gillard and Beyond Blue. Mm. I've got a great mate, Joanna Griggs, who I work with at Channel 7, Mm. who's on the Beyond Blue board. And they're doing some great stuff around mental health. But what you're doing and tapping into these rural communities in particular... You know, with with male and females, but in particular blokes, it's so important. And it's and, and, and there's a lot falling through the cracks. You're right, mm. and it's the same with veterans, mate. With veteran our veterans with veteran suicide, and the fact that we've, we've had, we're having a royal commission into veteran suicide should have happened years ago, mm. because this has been this has been happening way too often with our men and women who have served our country. Again, coming back from war, they're lost. They need a they, they need an outlet. They need a, they need to be heard. Mm. and you know they're suffering in silence and you know i think you know with chats like we're having tonight I, and, and raising awareness about it and being open about things and whether it be you know losing my son or you coming through brain cancer or your own experiences with people ta- you know committing suicide mm. in, in in rural and country areas in regional australia right? we ne- we need to have the conversation mm. you know we can't just sort of bury it and say oh no 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 Let's just not worry about that that's that's for another day. It's all oh, this has been uncomfortable. This is a bit awkward No, it, it, it has to happen mm. because if we have the conversations, even if we save one life Well, that's making a difference
0: I Agree Jim and what what it is is that there's money committed, but it's committed the wrong way It's reactive rather than being proactive. Yeah, you know, yep. we're sort of we're going to provide uh, Services, but uh, you know a lot of it gets taken up in administration and delivery is not that great and really, they've become income-driven rather than outcome-driven. You know, there's never, there's never any, like, um, uh, uh, connection and input to the to success from the other side, you know. It's just to provide a service and that's it. So we're not actually, like, doing it really well. And So, you know, I, I have a vision to be able to set up a, a platform where there's going to be people available to speak to, to guys 24 hours a day if they need it, but also to be able to get out and do work in communities and teach people how to self-regulate to be able to be more self aware, to do things and, and practices, to balance their nervous system so they can, you uh-huh. know, take a little bit more control rather than sort of uh, being reactive and the reactive comes from the booze and all that sort of stuff you know because we're not aware enough to be uh, emotionally intelligent to uh mm. to see where we're at and that's where the, the money needs to go i believe to be able to yeah no that, that,
1: that, you're talking way too common much, much common sense it should be in camera. <laughs> you
0: know, i've been there and
1: it's, done I, that <laughs> I, 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 and I, I, just, I don't know, I, I just feel like they, they need to actually see what you've seen mm. and maybe a lesser extent about what i've seen i i i, but I've seen it. I I, the booze masks so much. There's no, there's no doubts about that. It, you know, I love the whole thing that if you ever have a drink, you do it in happy times. Mm. You know, and a lot of the times though, because they're not armed with the, what to do next. You know, blokes in particular, and women as well, but they turn to booze in times of depression and, mm. and when they're down. And yes, it's just it's a bad combo, and I, I just yeah, it's. But you know, they just—they need to be more than anything. People just need to be heard, and we need to encourage people to speak up and, and be open and and feel comfortable to be open. And sometimes it will be painful, and sometimes it won't be what people want to hear. But we the, we need to hear people. We need to listen to people. Yeah. My professionally, you know, I've got to listen to people each and every day of my life. I, yeah. You know, if I don't listen to people on my show, on my radio show, I'm, I'm cactus. Yeah. You know, and it's the same in my personal life. I'm not the greatest personal listener I'm on a personal front. I don't think blokes really are, mm. but I'm trying my hardest, especially when, when people are going through really difficult times, to actually, in my personal life, when I meet someone like that, I, you've got to listen. They need to be heard.
0: Yes.
1: And so um, I think you make some really good and and, and proactive points, and i I wish you all the best and whatever I can do to assist you, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm here.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. You know, what I've been doing over the last week is, is getting information out there to, um, to to companies that provide services um, to regional Australia um, to say, look, I need some help. I've got to raise some money here to get this going. Um, you know, I've sent a few proposals out, but I haven't heard anything back from any of them. But, there's a lot of organisations that take a lot from rural communities, but they don't give anything back. You know.
1: Yeah, well, that's, that's that, that that annoys me. There's a lot. The top end of town need to take some, you know, responsibility and accountability in all this because, you know, stand up. And, and you're right. I think that you know, and and a number of companies do. I mean, I've. I know that Telstra puts it back a lot in, mm. into the community and, and rural areas as far as this sort of stuff goes. But mm. more of the top end of town needs to do more on this front. And, I, again, if I can rattle a few pages for you and help you, I think what you're doing, you're on the right path. And mm. I'm glad we could have this chat. And, uh, and again, I, I think that if we, we, it's about raising awareness but also actually getting, you know, getting the right people around those who are struggling and giving them the right tools to actually cope and maybe you know if we can again if we can save one life, it's one life. Well, one life better off, so to speak. And I, I think that's that's what we're all about.
0: Agree. I'll call it out now. Um, John Deere Tractors. i I've, uh, I've, I've I've contacted the CEO twice uh, about giving me a hand because they supply lots of equipment around Australia, and they. Uh, they haven't got back to me. So there's one, one company that I reckon uh, we need to uh, be having conversations with because um, you know there's a lot of farmers out there that are struggling, and uh, a lot of them use their gear. And um, you know, yeah. surely they could um, they could help out with something like this because it's it's needed. You know, if, if more farmers are, are struggling, they're not producing properly and, and uh, the rest of the nation suffers. And, and Wade, honestly, coming from a farm and you would have known and seen it, it being around Longreach and regional areas like farmers do it tough. It's not not easy going out there, you know. No,
1: it's not. Yeah. You know, and I would have thought, you know, companies, big, big multinational companies like John Deere. You know, whether it be Kubota. I mean, I, I mean, I've got have got a farm. I've got a John Deere ride-on mower. I've got a Kubota tractor. i you know, all paid for. This is not cash for comic mm. but they're all paid for. But hey, get on board. You know, get on board with, with with what you're doing with your initiative. I mean, I would have thought for rural, regional communities, as you say, the link between you know organisations and brands like John Deere, Kubota, mm. you know, you name it. Still, there's another one. Yes. I mean, they're all cashed up. Big companies who, who make a lot of money of those on, of those people on the land. Mm. Okay, well come on, let's give back to those people on the land in their time of need. I think, you, yeah. I, let me know if, if you don't hear back from them, and I might um, I might drop them a line myself. <laughs> I
0: appreciate it, mate. It's gonna, you know, that's the thing. Like for for me personally, it's easier to go and follow the system and uh, and get paid to do a job that you don't love. But if you can actually do something that's meaningful and purposeful, it makes your life fulfilled and. Uh, you know, yep. I, I believe that I survived that cancer for a reason and, you know, now it's really a mm. time for me to be able to do something that helps others, um, you know, uh, in many ways. And a good mate of mine when I was 20 um, uh, said goodbye to me. He went, uh, drove his car towards Adelaide and he committed suicide, you know, and um, I never I never had the ability back then to be able to recognise it and, uh, and speak up. But, you know, now I want to try and help people um, you know, not get to that stage, you know, uh, mm. and, and there's, there's, there's those sorts of episodes which are going on cons- consistently because we, we lack the skills to be able to, um, you know, have the awareness to, mm. to, to understand ourselves, you know, and, uh, I just think that's the gap, Jim, that we need to be able to fill.
1: Yeah, well, good idea for doing it. I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's great to chat with you and I, as I said, I think you're on the, you're on, on the right path and you're speaking a lot of sense and hopefully, these big corp, uh, corporates and top end of town will get back to you and they get on board with what I think is a really, really important initiative, Aaron.
0: Yeah, appreciate your time, mate. Go and have your dinner and I'm uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> really grateful. I'm sure we're going to have more chats in the future, so I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that, Aaron. Good on you, mate. All the best to you.